Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the block, Andrew Johnson. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. The Rugby League Guru Podcast will be returning for 2023 on Monday, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we have got some throwback episodes, and we've got one today for you Super Coach fans. So we obviously went through at the end of the season, went through all 16 teams, 17 once you throw in the Dolphins as well, and we did a season review of all those sides. In this episode, myself, Timmy Williams, we go through the bottom eight teams from 2022, go through their entire Super Coach seasons, who we liked, who were disappointed, who impressed, who we've got our eyes on in 2023. We actually broke this into four episodes throughout the entire comp. So I've put the bottom eight sides, those two episodes in here. In episode two, Tony from Blue Wealth Property joins us to have a big chat about his Canterbury Bulldogs and those other four sides. Cracking Supercoach content here. Beers and break evens with myself and Timmy Williams will be returning on the 18th of January. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a massive year, a heap of, uh, heap of announcements coming your way that's going to be very, very exciting for you guys. Guys, a huge prize pool this year, like nothing uh, Supercoach has seen before outside of the Daily Telegraph Supercoach. So, very, very exciting. Stay tuned for those details to come. There will be another episode of this one, another throwback episode, where we go through the top eight sides, so the next two episodes. So, stay tuned for that. That'll probably come out tomorrow. It's a cracking time of the year, and obviously Supercoach season done and dusted. We had our review show yesterday, so if you'd like to go back and watch that, go and have a look. Uh, finished up pretty close between me and Timmy. Bit of good banter in there. Uh, now, we're going to go through each week over the next four weeks and go through four sides uh, heading into next season. We'll start from the bottom of the ladder. So, actually, today we're doing five teams. We will include the Dolphins in it as well. Not a heap to touch on with the Dolphins, but I have got a couple of cheapies that I think are worth touching on. But we will start from the bottom of the ladder today. The West Tigers, uh, one of the great shit fights of a season of all 
all time, unfortunately, for Tigers fans, uh, collecting the wooden spoon. Uh, when I have a look over their Supercoach season, I think it's fair to say their best of 2022 would have been Joe Offahengawi. Uh, we spoke about him a little bit throughout the season. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, if he did do it, you would have had the shit scared out of you when Jackson Hastings was moved to 13, but then when he got injured, Joe finished the season pretty well. Um, I, I can accept that I didn't go this one, though. Yeah, oh yeah, and it, it ties into <clears throat> I have I've got this big, big super coach train of thought that I I rarely pay up or waste trades on front rows because they pretty well all do a lot of the best ones. Give or take, probably Joe Taffney this year who was outstanding, uh, and obviously IPAP who's just leaps and bounds ahead of everyone. They all do a pretty similar job, and Joe was wonderful this year. Anyone who jumped on would be very happy with that trade. But he still finished the year with a 61 average. Now, if you take out the early stages of the year, that's probably a little bit higher. But he was really benefited by just the amount the amount of injuries at the Tigers, ins and outs of the pack, people getting dropped. He was just the consistent through the whole year. So every time we thought, you know, he'd been playing inflated minutes, now going to drop off. He was one of the few that just showed up every week and yep. had a bit of a crack. So they, they weren't in a position to play in fewer minutes. And, and he was, you know, to anyone who did jump on, good stuff. But I was never going near him. Yeah, and if you did manage to pick him up in your draft comps, that would have been sensational mm. for your dual position as well. Most disappointing at the Tigers, it's a hot field. <laughs> Good God, it is a hot field. Uh, but the reality is we weren't really relying <coughs> on many West Tigers players this year. So as much as there was a lot of disappointing performances there, none of them overly impacted us. I would say I never had him, but from you know talking to mates that did, uh, Tualangi, who was in the back row for them, a uh, bit of a cock tease this year, Kelma, um, a um, couple of HIAs, injuries, all this sort of stuff. Never really uh, hit the scores we wanted. A guy that got our attention throughout the year was Stefano. We spoke about him quite a bit, thinking if he's about to hit form, could be a really good little get. We, we never ended up pulling the trigger, and thankfully we didn't because he just never got back to that form, did he? He didn't, know. There was He looked and it was a little bit tempted on him when he came back from that. It might have been a syndesmosis injury, and it looked a little bit... Do- uh, he came out very cheap, and he'd played a few minutes and had a few injury-impacted games where he was... I think he was sub-300K, and it was just before, I think, maybe round 17, the second major bye week, and you're going, maybe he'll just be a handy extra number, a bloke for the run home that we've seen him. He's been able to hit... Uh, the back end of 2021, he was averaging 65 to 70-odd per game. Uh, fortunately, didn't go there... Tua Lung, he was the, the interesting one, wasn't he? He it just... I owned him for a good chunk earlier on in the season. I only played him a couple of times, but just everything that could go wrong with him did go wrong. As you said, injuries, HIAs, his inability to score a try. I shouldn't say inability. He was so unlucky and just inches and millimetres from scoring tries earlier on in the year. He never made sort of too much money for us. He's this big, bustling 80-minute back rower. He started the year very cheap. You're like, he was just perfect. And it just didn't happen. Just didn't come together, yeah. did it? Yeah. Um, the guys to watch for season 2022. I've uh, got one each. I'm going to throw up Jackson Hastings. Now, Tim Sheens came out and said the other day that he is going to play 13. I don't know if Jacko is going to be there next season, realistically. But if it is, it sounds like he will be at 13. Um, 
but I'm not sure if the Tigers are going to be able to re-sign Brooks, Dewey, and Hastings. Mm. As it stands right now, we'll take Tim Sheen's word that Hastings will be at 13. I think it's worth noting that last year, in the three games he played at lock, uh, he based that at 53 and had a 70-point average there. So if he is at 13, uh, he's one to have a look at because his average over the entire season was 52 points. So he'll be a little bit cheaper than what he should be there. But uh, once again, he's halfback 5'8". There will probably be better options out there. One of them might be your man, Adam Dewey. Talk to us. Yeah, I think Dewey will be a really good buy next season for a few reasons. Um, he just he'll start the year pretty cheap, so he based on a fifty nine point average. He played fewer minutes this season in his ten or eleven games that he did play back from an ACL injury. We know that historically, just about every player ever, I think everyone except Roger Tuivasa Shek at the Warriors at fullback has come back from an ACL injury and average lower than the season before. Um, Dewey came out, still averaged 59 points per game. And that was, on top of that, he played fewer minutes off the bench in his first couple of games, <clears throat> played at centre a little bit, roamed around. Next year, the Tigers are going to have a better side. They couldn't possibly go worse, you wouldn't imagine. Dewey has shown a knack of scoring well, even in a poor side. Uh, if Hastings does go as well, you should have got him and Brooksy there. He'll have a massive say in attack, so... Based on a 60-point average next year, is one that, look, you probably want to see the Tigers the first few rounds. But, look, if they come out in trials and look good and IPAP and, and Appy have a good impact there, I can see himself starting the year without him doing. I think that's the important thing. You would assume that IPAP, <coughs> he will slide in on the right edge for the West Tigers, mm. so he'll be outside Dewey. That'll be a great combination. I think the other thing to watch with Dewey... If Hastings is back to full fitness and he's not carrying the many leg injuries he was last year, who goal kicks out of Hastings and Dewey? I think Dewey. I think Dewey's mm. a better goal kicker. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see which way they go there. But I, regardless, I think you want to know, because if Dewey, like, as much as it might yes, only yeah. add eight yeah. points a game at max, it is worth noting yeah. and seeing who gets and it. The other thing on Dewey will be positioning. Does he get his dual 5'8 centre again? Because yeah. at 5'8", I'll probably be a little bit reluctant to start him just because there'll be so many good options. But if he's at centre, I'll, I'll be hard-pressed going past him. Yeah. How many games did he play? I think he played two or three games at he, centre this year. He, he did, yeah. He started there for a couple of games, but he only played 10 or 11 games. So, big one to watch at Super Fingers crossed. HQ there. Yeah. He played centre that day that we watched them too when he came mm. off the pine, but I don't know if that'll I hope count. Most people sort of sit there and look at these sort of decisions and go, oh, I hope he gets CT dub availability. I'm the opposite. I'm not stuff it. Keep him just at 5'8". Make it as hard as possible. As hard as possible. Yeah, yeah you're an arsehole. <laughs> All right, let's move to the New Zealand Warriors. Uh, not an overly relevant supercoach team. I think their best this year was probably Torhu Harris once he returned. 60-point average throughout the year. Would you back in Torhu as their best there? Yeah, I, I would. And another one, coming back from an ACL injury, and mm. he... Just dished out big numbers again, didn't he? 61-point average again. Started coming off the bench. So in his 80-minute games, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but uh, far higher than what the, the 61 suggests. So Torhu just been such a rock for a number of years now, hasn't he? Yeah, and he will continue to be, I've no doubt about it. Uh, most disappointing, another one that's a reasonably hot field, I think AFB and Sean Johnson, pretty disappointing this season. I thought AFB could have one of those seasons where he really explodes. I still feel like that season is coming. 
but I don't know if I'm ever going to be confident enough again to pick him. Uh, but, mate, Valia, I've been very high on him. Watched him come through up there at the Dolphins over the last couple of seasons. Uh, I think he is. He has got a future ahead of him. But as far as this season goes solely, uh, pretty disappointing. Some pretty low scores. Got a couple of injuries. Uh, there was even games where he scored two tries. They were all off kicks, and he scored about 40 points. So he was a bit of a headache for a lot of supercoach owners this year. The other one was uh, Josh Curran, who... Uh, such a good super coach player, and we saw it on the weekend. Two tries, as you, you said on Monday, there's always something happening around Josh Curran, but I don't know what happened. He, he pissed in someone's water bottle. He just couldn't get a gig in that team, could he? Oh, unbelievable. Just quickly on SJ, he was a funny one, and talking about on yesterday's episode, best and worst trades of the season, I was really tempted to start the youth SJ at the mm. price. I just love the bloke, and it was one of them sort of bias picks, and everything he was saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. All right, I need a... The injury risk was the concern. I had full faith in his ability at this very cheap starting price. He was like early 400,000 or maybe about 450. And I remember I was like, injury risk. So I spoke to Anil Fisio about it, jumped onto his Patreon, Patreon and, and had a look at his analysis, did an anal- injury analysis of every player. And SJ was like, you know, he's carrying these sorts of things. Every chance of uh, aggravating inj- existing injuries um, would recommend avoiding. Chad Daniel Fisio, he's like, yeah, they're probably smarter to avoid on that thing. I think a week later, I end up starting with Dylan Brown and not SJ. And NRL physio went against his own advice and knowledge. And he started with SJ. Good God. <laughs> yeah. Who, to his credit, he ended up Mate, he's done well, Fish. He's 50th or something. Did he really? Yeah, absolutely. What, what a man. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, so got dodged one there for sure. And SJ, I mean, speaking of never again list, no matter what price, is, I think he can bounce back and, and offer a little bit at the back end of his career. I don't say that confidently, but just injury risk. Josh Curran, uh as I said, he just couldn't get the minutes, could yep. he? And, and when he did get his 80-minute games, he looked good. Um, he averaged 54 for the season, but again, that's on very limited minutes. So next season, if he can get locked down an 80-minute role, he's going to start the year very cheap. Yeah, for sure. The other one that was a bit of a disappointment for me was Aaron Penne. I thought the back end of the season, he'd really come on as a front row forward there. Matty Lodge left and he's still... Had nothing going there. So I still think he's one of those guys that when he gets around that 50, 60 NRL game mark, you might see him come good. But definitely a disappointment for this year. Watch us for next year. Now, they've got a heap of guys coming in. For me, uh, Metcalf, if he gets a gig in this starting team, I'm not sure if he will. I think he's in the 17 somewhere. I think he'll, I think there's a good chance he could be there 14 next season. But if something does happen, then he manages to snag the fullback spot, the 5'8 spot, if there's injuries throughout the year or whatever. I think Metcalf's one to watch. Um, Chance, he'll be pretty cheap coming in there next year. I think he'll be around the 350 sort of mark. Probably not cheap enough to fill a fullback role. Um, Dylan Walker coming in at 13. He's another one that could be interesting if he gets big minutes. But I think Neocore, he's probably the pick of the bunch as far as the new guys go there. If he becomes an 80-minute back rower, uh, he's got my attention very quickly. He'll be the man, Wayne, Neocore, because we've seen what he can do. Uh, So this season, average 40 points per game. So uh, without looking into it too, too much, he's starting very affordable. What's that, 40? It's not that hard to work it out if you base on the start of the year pricings, but, you know, he'd be probably be sub 400k. Just under, I'd say, yeah. yeah. So if he's a big if he's a big minute player at the Warriors, he's just got a very super coach friendly game. He can produce some attack. He busts tackles, got a bit of an offload on him. So yeah, he'll, he'll be a very serious watch. But again, the Warriors are probably one that uh, I'll be looking at the first couple of weeks before investing, unless there's some really obvious cheapies, just because new coach coming in, mm. 
they're just the most unpredictable club on the planet. So they're so hard to make any yeah. strong assumptions on. In saying that with Nick Corre, I, I you know, I know it's easy to say here, but I think he is exactly what they fucking need. You and eight can go on, Jack Murchie gone, Ellie Katoa gone. She would have to think one of edge. one of Nia Cora current has to be locked in for yeah. 80 minutes. At least one. I, I, I'm almost willing to say I think both of them would be. Yeah. But at least one of them, surely. Tohu's, Tohu's a middle these days, I yep. think. So that only helps. And oh, I think, yeah, Nia Cora, you're right. He could be a great guy. Josh Curran's the other one. We spoke about him earlier in the most disappointing. But if he does get 80 minutes, uh, I, if, if we get any indication that he's going to be an 80-minute back row, I think I'll probably have him in my team next year. Yeah, he'll start cheap. And that's yep. it. Like, we talk about a new coach coming in. Well, maybe that brings a bit more stability to the roster and the weekly selection. So, if they, if he comes out and he does stick more often than not to his 17 each round, well, then you'd be a lot more belief in, in going with someone like Curran. Yep. Keep an eye on Volkman. And if you don't, I'll remind you every fucking week. So, don't <laughs> worry about that. All right, let's move to the Newcastle Knights. Uh, I think their best for 2022, probably their most consistent, was big David Clemmer. Uh, I think he finished with about a 60-point average. It was about five or six different points throughout this season where I thought, I'll bring Clemmer in this week. Uh, I was always worried about the Saifidis coming back and blokes still in minutes. He was just a 60 every single week, essentially. Obviously had a bit of carnage at the back end of the season, missing games here and there. Uh, but Clemmer, I think, is probably their best. But I think our yeah, little unsung hero for Newcastle, Hooker was pretty, uh, pretty scarce at the start of the season. Randall, he did a really good job for all of us. Wasn't fantastic, but... Did a job for us, made a bit of coin. He did, yeah. Handy enough, value-wise. The one thing that did do my head in with Randall at start, he's one of them players that every week you needed to play him, mm. he banged out a 30. And then yep. every week you didn't need to play him, he'd set up a try, a score, um, whatever it might be, and he'd punch out his 60s and 70s. Just could not time the actual points to land in your team. But at the end of the day, he was purchased as a cheap and he made his money, albeit being a bit of a slow burn, but he was all right. Yeah. Did a job for us. Most disappointing from Newcastle, uh, KP. Obviously, I, I think I saw the other day that, like, if you, I think it was one of the Newcastle pages for you. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, the new, like, if you pay every single game this season, it was something like two thousand minutes. If you play eighty minutes of every single game, I think he played thirty-seven percent of that. So missed a heap of footy. I think he he played eleven games, didn't finish all that many of them. Um, so very disappointing from KP. Finished with a sub-60 average. What would, he, what would he end up? He's 50.4. 50.4. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I, I went on a podcast at the start of the year. One of my bold predictions was for him to average sub-55 average. That's a good get. Yeah, it was a great get. I was stoked. I, I thought it was a bit low. I, well, most did. I was actually <laughs> at my draft weekend. The bloke that drafted him, he's a bit of a loose cannon. And we, you know, at the end of draft night, we all put bets on with each other and you have to have X amount of shots before draft day next year. And I said to him, I'll have a bet with you with for KP's average. And he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, what do you want? And I went, oh, and in my head, I thought 55 might be a bit low. I go, I said, I'll go sub 60. He goes, 60? He won't go sub 70. Let's do 70. And I went, <laughs> sure, let's do that, my friend. Great. So yeah. poor old Pete, he made about seven KP bets. So he's going to be one drunk little skunk come uh, draft day next year. Uh, so he's a, he was disappointing. Then I think Leo Thompson and Mama C, I think a lot of people weighed up which one of these two they would go. I think whichever way you went, you were disappointed. If you went both of them, you were a fucking train wreck in your front row forward. Neither really kicked on, did they? They didn't. And speaking of lessons learned for people out there, uh, look, it's easy to say in hindsight, but... 
both were playing pretty limited bench minutes. Monacea in particular. I know he had his injury and that didn't help, but he really did. He basically had one good trial game. And mm. I think he might have scored a couple of good tries and people got a bit excited about him. Um Monacea, yeah, yeah, he had a really good trial. He, he impressed in trials, yeah. yes. So people got excited And Leo that. Thompson just looked like the meanest motherfucker of all yeah. time. So in it's like, yeah. for starters, trials are such a loose guide. Like, yeah. So don't they're, they're, they're a guy, but don't look too much into them. But just bench forwards. Like, I just wouldn't start with them in my side unless you know they're getting good minutes. If they're starting, happy days. But if they're bench forwards, just take a look at them the first two rounds before price changes come in because... Neither of those, particularly Monacea, who was just stuck in a lot of teams this season, never look really like getting minutes. There are injuries to back rolls and he still couldn't get a look in. So, yeah, a tough tough pill to swallow for the Monacea owners. As far as Newcastle Night Watchers for 2022, uh, I think the halves will be interesting. I don't know how they will line up. Anthony Milford has left. I would like to think they'll go into the market to get someone. During the offseason, there might be a young guy that might pop up there. Caelan uh, Ponga, though, he's going to be dirt cheap next season. Will you be starting with him? It's funny, isn't it? The bloke who who crueled my season this year with one of the... I'm reluctant to say worst trades because he got injured. It happens. But he didn't go poorly as such. But he uh, made price on a 50-point average. Yep. Kalen Ponga in a night side that really can't go much worse. Um, look, I, I, I can't see myself not starting with Kalen Ponga at that price. He'll, he'll be like... A poor man's super coach version of Ryan Pappenhausen this year who started really cheap. This year or last year, Pappy started cheap? It was this year. Might have been this, this year. year. And yeah. he was in every side. Uh, I think KP will be close to the most purchased player to begin next year. People might laugh at me now, but on a 50-point average, uh, it sounds like there's every chance he'll... Would he be in the World Cup squad? He'd be around there. I, I, I think he will be. be Sounds like there. he will be, yeah. So, with a bit of luck, he'll dodge that, get his melon right, um, or in... On the flip side, he goes and plays the World Cup, kills it because he's a freak, and he'll just be in a lot of teams in round one, I think, KP. So uh, I'll, I'll be keen on him. Uh, I will just throw it out there, the rumours of Ruben Garrett going there. I don't see it happening, but if Ruben Garrett does go there, KP moves to 5'8". He probably won't be goal-kicking then. Well, yeah, and I mean, I, was, I forgot to mention that. That's the other, the big watch, Clifford as well. If Clifford starts the year in the halves, he'll goal-kick. Yeah. So... Tex Hoy, who obviously sort of Cape, Hoy plays when KP's not there, but Hoy can kick. He's going to the, the Super League. Uh, Milf can kick a little bit. He's gone. Clifford, let's see if he's in the side. But Barnett, who can kick the odd goal, he'll be gone. So as it stands, there's not many goal kickers in that side, but that will happen. Put it this way, if he's goal kicking round one, I think he'll be a must-have to start the year. Yeah. The other one for me that's a bit of a watch is Jaden Braley for the Newcastle Knights. Obviously came back from injury uh, at the back end of this season. Returned in round 17, scored 47. The next two weeks after that was 39 and 26. Then he sort of started to get a bit of uh, form on the board. He then finished the season with 59, 72, 66, 71 and 82. So pretty handy for a hooker. Finished the season with a three-round average of 73, five-round average of 70. Uh, but he'll be going at a 58-point average. So one to consider. I think hookers are looking pretty decent for next year. I think Harry Grant will be sort of an automatic sort of pick there at hooker. But Jaden Braley... I wish he was a little bit cheaper. I wish he had one or two more games at the start of the season when he was quiet. But with a full preseason under his belt, Jaden Braley, he could be an interesting one for the Newcastle Knights next year. 
Let's move to our last team they're going to review on here, the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, their best of 2022. I've thrown up three names here. AJ Brimson, Tino, Bo Fermor. Bo Fermor, probably our guy across the entire season. What do you reckon? What a gun, hey. And yeah. It's, again, a tough one for a lot of people who they started, who might have started with him and he looked pretty enticing. I, I remember being a little bit on the fence with him and I, I was a little bit against him to begin the year just because I could just see him being that bit of a second row center center wing plotter and we were coming off the back of the 2021 season where point scoring records were smashed super coach scoring records were smashed and while we anticipated that that wouldn't happen again this season and there would be a regression in scoring the idea was still to chase these high ceiling ct dubs it probably regressed a little bit more than we anticipated so there was a bit of room for maybe a decent second row forward at center and firm or I just don't think anyone would have anticipated him scoring as many tries as he did yeah. or being as good as he did. Like, his base was solid, but, you know, if he didn't score tries, he was good for a 45-point score, a.k.a. plotter. He scored something like seven tries in his last six games or something to finish yeah, something crazy. Yeah. So there were just a lot of tries, but just a really good footballer. And, and he's nothing... He's just the complete opposite to the bloke on the other. It's Dave Fafita. He just toils, gives everything he's got, and... The results came out for him. So, yeah, great purchase firm. Or if anyone jumped on him again late in the season. I think Tino was the other really interesting one, especially for the run home. He finished with a three-round average of 89 and a five-round average of 82. Tino, who was a guy that I've always sort of been a little bit iffy on as far as uh, his super coach output goes, but pretty consistent year for him. So, Tino, well done to him. But AJ Brimson, you guys made the call on Supercoach Playbook about three weeks ago that if you wanted to make a big play for the back end of the season, AJ Brimson was your guy. Uh, I know that our mate Stevie Hebner got on AJ, and I sort of laughed at him a few weeks ago. I ended up beating him by nine points overall the entire season. And fuck, <laughs> i tell you what, AJ closed the gap big time. He finished big this season. I remember I picked him up at the same time last year with the same thought process, and he just... He finished a pass away from scoring 100 just about every single week, but he got that 60 every week that you just you were happy with, but you weren't stoked with. The opposite this year, he killed it. I think, despite you not going, AJ Brimson, I think that was one of your best calls of the season. Thanks, mate. Yeah, um, that killed me. Yeah. <laughs> um, Clip it up, Matty. He can yeah, play it for himself yeah. during the off season. <laughs> Put myself to sleep with it. Um, oh, I was so keen to get him, but I only had the one trade left, which. With all the the outs and restings that were sort of coming for that last round of the season, I was just like, I might need this trade. And it worked out okay in the sense that I held off and I got drinking for his 85 or whatever, which was similar to Bruno in the last round. But I really wanted him two weeks ago and he pumped out that 139, I think it was, in round 24. If I had two trades, I 100% would have done it. But... Just with the one trade that I was a bit worried that there'd be mass resting. So, uh, but yeah, Brimo, he's just an absolute gun. Yeah. Holy shit, he's a good footballer. And next year, he's a bloke that oh what sixty four. He'll be off a sixty four average. I think he he's probably another watch on the Titans the first few rounds. And if the Titans click, he'll be straight into my team. But you just don't know what they're going to throw up. So if they're trash again, it's just going to be limited opportunities. He can also find an injury. But God, he's good. No doubt, most disappointing. Has to be for Fafita oh, this year. I mean, mate, in saying that, fuck, I mean, I say he's the most disappointing. I think he's still like finished with like a 65 yeah. average or something like that. But, eh, fuck, you just, I think he's more disappointing to watch than he is to probably see his scores. 67-point average, and I'm saying he was disappointing. Like That's just the potential on this guy. Um, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be very interesting next year. Once again, 67-point average. He's not going to be cheap, but... Mm. 
65 after the final round it was. 65, down okay. A little bit, yeah. So, oh, it's going to be enticing, isn't it? It is going to be very enticing. And, you know, that sort of leads us to our guys to watch for next year. He will definitely be one of them for Fida to keep an eye on. Do you see yourself starting with him? I do. Yeah. I do. He's a, he's a guilty pleasure kind of player. And just because he has to do so little to score well, put it this way, they can't use him any less effectively than they did this year. Surely an enormous part of their off-season is how do we get more out of David Fafida? And I just, I don't see him averaging less than 65, but he could easily come out. And I know we say this and we say this and we say this with Dave Fafida, but he could come out the first three rounds and go 130, 130, 130, and it's like, good luck catching us. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and we're not going to have to pay 800K for him. We're going to get him at, at probably around 6, 6, 10K. So based on that, I'll struggle to leave him out. I think Kieran Foran's going to be massive for him as well. Oh, I just can't see a world where Foz doesn't say, fucking hold my belt and come with me. Hopefully he plays his edge because Foz... I think you put him on his edge. Just, I don't give a just, fuck which side it is. Just put him next to Foz. He's remarkable. One of the better ones in the competition at isolating an opposing half. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I also, the longer this season goes, the more I watch the Titans, the more I like Kempy's idea of just putting him at 13. Let them in. We're just putting him run through the middle at least, which if he does do that, I'll be very interested that we tackle breaks galore there. Other guys watching the Titans, I just mentioned the 13 jersey. We assume Aaron Clark will be there. Oh, fuck, I hope so anyway. Surely with Sam Verrill's coming at nine, Aaron Clark will be at 13. He could be an interesting one there. Um, scored really well when he was at 13 this year. Sam Verrill's though at hooker. Um, he's finished the season pretty well at the Sydney Roosters. I wish he was a little bit quieter. He could have been interesting up there. You assume he'll be an 80-minute nine. Mm. Uh, could you go near Sam Verrills next year? Probably not. Averaging mid-50s. So, I mean, mid-50s based on sort of about 65 minutes per game this year. He's going from a really good side with a lot of go-forward to a Titan side that I'll question. So, he could be a sneaky one, but... When I'm looking at the start of the season, I'm sort of going guns, or if I'm looking at mid-ranges, I'm looking at ones who are going to get significant minute increases. And Verrill's going from 65 to 80. He's probably just under. If he was maybe 55 to 68 minute average this year and he was going to 80, I'd be tempted by him, but just not quite enough for me. Not quite enough. Uh, one young gun that I want you to keep an eye on is a CTW, a cheapie for the Gold Coast Times next year. His name is Khan Piera. Uh, he's been playing up in Q Cup up there. Very destructive, scoring a heap of tries, lightning quick. I think he's one that he will get an opportunity. He was sort of on their extended bench the last few weeks. Mm. I think at some point he gets an opportunity up there. It is a stacked CTW class up there at the Gold Coast Titans, but I think he's a guy that can get a shot at some point. I'll hand over to you for the CTWs because... It's like a farm of potential up there. Isn't it? Yeah. And, and that's what I touched on with the Titans. I don't think it'll happen. I'm not crash hot on the Titans next year, but we know they've got points in them and attacking prowess. So if the first two rounds they do come out and kill it, look at players like Corey Thompson, who mid last season was busting like 15 tackles a game for fun. I think he got over 600K, was on the end of a really good attacking back line and people were scrambling to get him in. Now, I know that sounds stupid saying from the year... I don't think Corey Thompson had a bad year. I think the Titans had a bad year. And if you're the winger in a poor side, of course you're going to have a down year when it comes to try yeah. or not. He finished the year average two, averaging 29 points per game. So if they come out firing to start next year and Thompson's the regular winger and he gets back to those 10 to 12 tackle busts a game, he will just be like, he could be cheaper of the year. 
he could be nothing. He could average 15 points. But if the Titans fire, I like him. You then look at people, and this is all speculative on if they do come out and look the goods. I think Greg Marge has got too many defensive liabilities or deficiencies in him, I should say, to get a long-term crack in this side, as good as he looks at times. But, I mean, Brian Kelly, he averaged 46 points this season. If the Titans fire, he'll be in everything in attack. So I don't mind Brian Kelly, uh, but it'll just be a, a close watch for the first two rounds of the year. Greg Marshu could double as the Titans' left winger and their mascot. I feel like he just sums up that entire <laughs> side. Incredible attacking upside. Shocking defensively. Uh, if, if he can put it together, he could be a real prospect. He could be a super coach and NRL god. Like if, yeah. Imagine if the Titans became like a top six side and their attack hit what we've seen them do at their best every week. Like he could average 90. Yeah. Tackle busting, scoring tries, big workload. Uh, he just needs to get that whole tackling thing sorted out. And as we've seen as well, like especially this year in the NRL, I mean, signing a good, experienced halfback mm. can make a world of difference. Hopefully, Foz is exactly yeah. uh, what the Gold Coast speaking of Speaking of, you want you want Foz's left edge. The, 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 like the, Foz is incredible at just tying in defenders and playing direct and creating that space out the back on his left edge. So I think whoever the left edge winger is at the Titans, which is hopefully Corey Thompson, could be a cheeky one. Fuck, if it is Marciu, that could be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. If you end up with Foz for feeder, Marciu, who's the left yeah. centre? Brian Kelly's normally... Yeah, Brian, Brian Kelly's Kelly. left centre. Could, it could be a decent little strike edge there. It'll be match-up dependent. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they could be interesting on that front, the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, guys, that will do us for the first... Oh no, we got the Dolphins. The great Dolphins. Dolphins. Now, uh, we had a quick look through their side uh, and look, I, I just... Uh, the guys they've signed, none of them are overly super coach relevant. You've got, you know, your, your Bromiches, you've got your Kafusis, your Marky Nichols. Some of the great fellas of rugby league, but none of them overly <laughs> super coach relevant. I would assume, like, I think the best super coach player they've probably signed is Ewan Aitken. I would assume that signing Bromwich and Felice Kafusi, Aitken probably plays centre. I can't see him starting the back row, so he becomes irrelevant for me pretty quickly. Mm. Even like your Sean O'Sullivan's, like his price is going to be sky high this year after his time with the Penrith Panthers. I couldn't possibly consider him. So we've got a couple of guys. I've got a couple of young guys I want you to keep an eye on. The first one is Isaiah Katoa uh, from the Penrith Panthers. Uh, played his first game reserve great on the weekend. I think he got man of the match for the Panthers in that one. Very impressive. He's going up there. I think he's going to be a real star of the future. Whether he starts next year, I don't know, but I think you'll see him at some point. So he could be a decent little downgrade option at some point. My other one, and I promise you, if this guy is in their round one team, he will be. He should be in every single super coach side. Uh, Valence Tivare. Now they signed him from. Apologies if, if I got the pronunciation right. I haven't actually heard anyone say I'm his name him yet. Just for the name alone. Well, mate, it's a cracker. Yeah. Now. I, I've been watching him play for the Dolph, Redcliffe Dolphins over the last few weeks. Uh, he's, I think the best way to describe him is Conrad Harrell reincarnated. Mm -hmm. Now, we know when Connie was at his absolute best, Supercoach-wise, he was fantastic. And at Supercoach probably didn't lend itself to those sort of players back then. Now it does. Yeah. Uh, I think this guy could be really special. He's played 12 games of Queensland Cup this year. It's also his first year of rugby league. He scored 11 tries had 15 line breaks, and he's broken 74 tackles in 12 games. So he will be a super coach 
throbber next season. He will be <laughs> sensational, averaging 141 run metres. I'll just take you through his first two games of rugby league. His first game, uh, he scored two tries. He had a try assist. He had three line breaks and 14 tackle breaks. In his second game, he had two tries, zero try assists, so a bit of a letdown there, three line breaks and 13 tackle breaks. He is a monster. So he is one that I would be keeping a close eye on. Um, had a fantastic season to finish for the Dolphins. Scored a heap of tries, breaking ridiculous tackles. Uh, he had one game where he didn't break a single tackle. He came off the bench for 12 minutes. Outside of that, his lowest game as far as tackle breaks was three. So you're looking at, uh, you're looking at a, a guy not to be fucked with there, I think. He sounds a bit like a... A once-in-a-generation supercoach throbber. He does. I, I think he might be up there, and I'll, and I'll be pushing this very, very... I'll be pushing this narrative massively. <laughs> He's one to keep an eye on. Isaiah Katoa is another one. And then we've got young Robert Jennings, who leaves the Penrith Panthers. Uh, he's not going to be as cheap as we would have liked, but if he gets a spot in this team, worth considering. But I'm not convinced they're going to score all that many points. And I don't think this bloke's going to pass the football to him if he's outside him, and I hope he doesn't. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on Robert Jennings? He's probably the only recognised name that we're probably interested in. You've got your Edric Lees, your Brankos, but none of them are going to be cheap enough to consider. Could you look at Robert Jennings? Uh, no, and, and I'll struggle to look at pretty well everyone in this side, except for maybe your man, Tavare, whatever. Yeah, Tavare. Just because, I, mate, the, the squad they're throwing together, they need to make some serious off-season signings because it's looking pretty grim up there. Uh, on top of that, uh, I always try and avoid new combinations and clubs that have thrown new squads together. And that's not really solid Supercoach buys just because it takes time for combinations to form. Yep. Um, but ultimately, I just think that the Dolphins roster looks crook. It doesn't take Andrew Johns to tell you that one. Um, I was probably one bloke. And, and Did I'm, you think that anyone was mistaking you for Andrew Johns? No, who knows? Because I can guarantee you they weren't. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, the only one I'm scratching at the at the bit a little bit here, but Canelli Loomy Loomy, is that how you pronounce it? Cowboys back rower. Yeah. Center turn back rower. Uh, this season averaged 36 and a half across four games. So he'll actually, having played, I think it's less than five or six games, they do get a price reduction. He'll start pretty cheap. Now, he won't be one for the start of the season unless there's injuries because of Kenny Bromwich and you'd imagine Felice Cafusi will be the starting edge back rowers there. But he has made the transition from back line to forward, as we've seen a bit more these days, and looks all right. So if there's injuries there and he can lock in a big minute edge back row role, there's potential there and he'll be very cheap, particularly if he starts the year off the bench in limited minutes. But, yeah, mate, hard to get too excited about anything at the Dolphins. The only other one I would throw up there, and I think it's unlikely, but Ray Stone's going there. Coming off an ACL, so we always know to be hesitant with players. But um, he's only played – like, he played 80 minutes for the Panthers in the last game of 2021. Um, 64 base stats in 80 minutes. So if he does get a big-minute roll, he could be interesting. Um, but I don't know if he'd be able to keep that up for the entire season. I, I'm glad they've got Jeremy Marshall King. You'd assume he'd be an 80-minute nine. Mm. So hopefully Ray Stone becomes a big-minute 13. But um, – I think I could throw a dart at the rest of the competition and probably hit a 13 yep. that I, that's more reliable than Ray Stone, especially coming off an injury. Mm. So uh, Dolphins, I think it's going to be pretty grim as far as Supercoach goes. I think we'll get one or two cheapies that'll pop out of this side. Uh, but as it stands right now, none of those guys I could consider. And But even who, who like if they do manage to land a really big fish, I still don't think I could look at them. Yeah, not a lot of change. So. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, it'll just be off-season Tavare watch after those Tavare watch, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, you, you'll be hearing about him. Don't worry about <laughs> that. One of the black bookers for next year. Uh, guys, thank you for joining us once again. Next Monday afternoon, we'll be going through the next four teams in the competition, which are the Canterbury Bulldogs, the Manly Seagulls, the St. George Illawarra Dragons, and the Brisbane Broncos. We will have a special guest back next week, the Blue Wealth Bulldog. He'll be joining us, ready to bully you once again, which yeah. I can't wait for. Bull, bulldog by name, Bulldog by nature. Love the, it. Uh, we'll just Rename the episode The Roast of Tim Williams because I know it's coming. <laughs> Bloody Wim Tilliams, one of our favourites. Thanks for joining us again, guys. Make sure you go out, grab yourself a case of bloke in a bar. And if you are interested, reach out to Tony at the team at Blue Wealth Property. They make investing in property easy for you. Cheers, legends. G'day, guys. Welcome back to Beers and Break Evens brought to you by Blue Wealth Property. Property. They make investing in property easy for you. Also brought to you by the best drop in the country, bloke in a bar, mid-strength, full strength. Kempi has got you covered. Uh, special guest today. Uh, it's good to have someone with some super coach knowledge joins me for a fucking change. Uh, we've <laughs> poor, got... Wim Tilliams, mate. Poor Wimmy Tilliams. He does it tough, let me tell you. Does it tough. Tony, welcome back, mate. What's doing? Good to have you back. Good to see you, boys. What's doing? Same old, same old, mate. Yeah. You know, raising kids and working hard. How'd the team end up? Uh, not that well. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that maybe a little bit later. The comp ended up, I'll give you a bit of a summary. I, I, I missed finals. Last year, I won. It was father versus son. So I beat my son, Benjamin. This year, it was brother v brother. And young brother, David, beat older brother, Lim, which makes me happy because Lim's a Parramatta supporter and I hate everything <laughs> Parramatta. Good. Um, you know, Jake, two years in a row, had too many trays left at the end. And so he's holding the trays to the end. Theory doesn't work. Uh, we're all negotiating, uh, you know, theories about boosts and whether mm. they work this year or not. But, um, yeah, mate, I, I was let down by the Manly boys, um, DCE and Ola. Uh, they killed my season and I was very glad that we got the uh, the one-point victory over them on the weekend. Gave me a bit of... Uh, Bit of bit of a wry smile. Mm, lucky not one to hold a grudge. No, uh, mate. Supercoach twin father and son. Very special thing. I was lucky enough to have my son join me this year. <laughs> Young Wimmy, <laughs> welcome back, mate. Thanks, Pa. Um, I tell you what, the uh, sit here dreading this podcast since last time Tony was on the show. I don't even get introduced first on my own show. I'm just brushed <laughs> to the back seat. Mate, it's, it's my own roast, and I get introduced introduced them last. Anyway. One thing I will say, after copping an absolute uh, hammering last time Tony was on about not having Joey Manu for his 191, he's just quietly finished the, the season with a five-round average of 57 points since then. So, trap, mate. I tried to tell you. Yeah, well done. Well done. <laughs> you picked it. <laughs> Very nicely done. Now, we're going to go through four teams today, review their Supercoach season for 2022, and then have a little sneak peek at 2023, guys, that we're going to watch. And there are... There's a couple of teams here that are really interesting for 2023. There's a couple that I don't think I could go near with a 10-foot pole, but there are some interesting ones. We'll start with uh, Tony's Canterbury Bulldogs, uh, 2022. For me, their best as far as Supercoach goes. He wasn't their highest scoring or their highest averaging player, but Maxi King, good God, he did a solid for us this year. Front row forward was an absolute nightmare. You must have been stoked with him this year, Tony. Awesome, mate. And, you know, obviously when you're – uh, you, you like to not be biased by your own team when you're picking a super coach team, mm-hmm. uh, but, but to a great extent you are. You know you always play, you always pick those three or four players that are never going to play, but they're always your team. Uh, so Maxi King and for me uh, Kiraz were two real finds this year, and they really did a job for us. But Maxi particularly because of the consistency of the front row forward position, for me he was a killer. He was awesome. 
So loved him. Mate, front row forward was just a battle this year, wasn't it, it was, Timmy? Yeah. To have him come in and do a job, sixties most weeks, sensational. Yeah, he did and it was a funny one. I owned him the entire year, but I really only played him a handful of times and it was early on in the year when he was sort of only pumping out forties, maybe early fifties. A lot of his better sixty plus scores. I didn't really play him and he was so vital to my depth because the only place I was a little bit leaky in that back end of the year and I was a bit worried about when, when Trey got scarce was front row forward and I held him as backup to IPAP and Taumalolo. So if either of IPAP or Taumalolo were to play, to go down the last like, five rounds, I would have had to bring in King. Mm. And I was like, I felt so good having him there as backup, but I didn't actually end up needing to play him. In hindsight, if I'd actually played him out over Town Malolo, who was always going to play fewer minutes in that Penrith matchup in the final round, I would have won our little uh, 200, not little, $200 bet. So, uh, King, he could have really finished on a high for me, but I didn't play him. Yeah, he's a would have, could have merchant over here, Timmy yeah, Williams. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Now, Matty Burton. Um, took him a while to warm up this year. Once he did, played some really good footy. If you if you picked your right moments with him, uh, you got some great scores out of him. I think Jeremy Marshall King. I'd say he's probably Canterbury's best player this year. You watch more of their yeah. footy than me. What would oh, you say? 100%. 100%. Yeah. I think Jez really, um, you know, he was um, he was ridiculed a little bit for a statement he made uh, pre-season about um, wanting to be one of the top five hookers uh, in the comp. Mm. But, you know, if you review the 13, uh, the 16 hookers across the game, I reckon he's pretty close. And he wasn't yeah. far off. So I reckon uh, there weren't that many um, hookers that, uh, did a job better than uh, Jeremy did for us. And and particularly that sort of post-Barrett period mm. where Kingy started to uh, – when he started to start, uh, so he really uh, was pumping out bigger scores then. But for me, JMK, in that in that period there, where we had, after we pumped para, which was the happiest day of my life, uh, but those next few <laughs> – but those next, next few weeks after that, you know, he went on a real run and uh, anyone who had Burton and JMK in that period really loaded up. Fancy the people that got mad at JMK for wanting to be the best he can be. Yeah. Fucking it's so bad. Mate, honestly, we you know, as Aussies, we do we say so much dumb shit when people want to sort of, you know, set goals yeah. or, or be good. If that was an American, I'd be all over him. Yeah, 100%. You know? Um, now, I think the other best one, I, I did, oh, did I have, I think I had him for a brief period, uh, Kiraz. Now, I, we joke about he has a statue uh, in your place. In one front, of the great in Kiraz yard. in the front yard, in the lounge room, your side of the bed. He's everywhere, Kiraz. Uh, what a find. Good yeah. God. Yeah. And, and a great kid from a great family too. Yeah. So, you know, you want to fill your cl- uh, club with good people and good players and, and he's, he's top shelf. Um, so really did a job for all of us in terms of uh, beefing up the value of our teams and he had some really good, really good, uh, really good games mm. there where he scored. Fell off a little bit towards the end there. Yeah. Um, so I think he might have hurt a few super coaches there towards the end because he had some pretty yeah, average scores like, at the end. So. so he played round seven. He was he he was outside the top squad starting. So he wasn't available until that round eleven where he became a regular. Correct. What a, what a bugger. We got dispensation, I think, for him to play that first game. Yeah. So Gus yeah. had to get dispensation for him to play that first game. And it was against Brisbane in Brisbane. Came yeah. in, looked awesome. We went up there. Yeah. Like, and then he wasn't picked for a few more weeks. And everyone's sitting there, why the hell aren't they picking him? He's like, that's why. Yeah. They weren't allowed yeah. to. He got the la- I think he got the last spot, actually. Yeah. Last, last top 30 spot. Cracking season from Kiraz. Uh, most disappointing. There wasn't too many guys that we were relying on as far as Supercoach went from the Canary Bulldogs. But Tavita Pangai Jr., um, I mean, we warned you during the year that if you're going to go TPJ, 
pick him the absolute week that you need him. I remember, I think it was for, was it for round 13 or 17, people went a little bit early. Yeah. Uh, he didn't end up playing in the bye week or something. He he, he let you down somewhere there. Um, I don't know. It's a bit of pain guy junior. Um, is he is he a guy that you could consider in the future? I know you're a proud Bulldogs uh, man. Mate, look, no one, no one finds an offload like TPJ. Yep. So, you know, if he's... It really just depends on the role that Serrano mm. plays him next year, but I, I, I wouldn't be starting with him. I yeah. probably want to have a bit of a bit of a look at what kind of role he's going to play. Are they going to make him fitter and get him to play more minutes? Like as a bulldog supporter, to pay that much money for a bloke that pay, plays 30, 35 minutes, gets subbed on and off three or four times, not good enough. Yeah, he he's borderline. Never again this for me. And I, I'm not strong on this list that a lot of people have just because things change so quickly. And it could change with him, but... And again, we spoke about it earlier on in the season, but when you have his injury history, his suspension history, has been known to carry on off it a little bit. There just always seems to be a little drama around him somewhere. And just super coach-wise, it, he just never seems to hit the potential. He'll go on a streak where he'll go ton, ton, ton and have 14 offloads a game and he'll be like... This bloke is just the perfect super coach. But does he? But does he? I don't don't know if he does. I reckon all of us have been blinded by the hoodwinks of what he could get. I reckon we've been hoodwinked. Have a look at his data. I I don't know if he's ever had back-to-back tons. He's just one of those blokes. Last year year at the Bronx, he had a ton in round two and then in round seven um, with just everything and everything in between. One of those was against us, by the way. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) That was the memory. Yeah. so you, you may be right. Maybe we're just caught into this, yeah, this belief of he just looked like... So he had 114 in one of his games um, back in 2020. So, yeah, like maybe it is just a facade and it's, yeah, I reckon it's not it is, that mate. good. If you're looking for a silver lining and to be hoodwinked once again, I would argue probably the most consistent and best five or six weeks of his career was when he was at the Penrith Panthers last mm. year. Cameron Serraldo was obviously in that room. So there might be some sort I of a relationship that's my point. There. I think it depends how he plays him. Yeah. And, you know... The, the commentary around TBJ has always been who can get the best out of him. Yeah. yeah. Bennett was the bloke who could get the best out of him. Then he went to Penrith for that little stint. You know, clearly seemed to get some good stuff out of him. But does is he one of those, you know, it's like the kids when they're playing in a team that's winning, everyone wants the ball. Yeah. So he went to Penrith and he was playing with all these champions and maybe that lifted him to another level. You know, so who knows? We'll see. Now, speaking of the Penrith Panthers, you're having a little reunion out in the left edge there next year. You're going to have Matty Burton at 5'8". Billy Army Kickout comes in. Josh Adokar, he'll be on the sting. That left centre spot becomes very interesting. I think Aaron Schott will get that spot. Uh, and I, I think he's a guy that we need to probably watch heading into next season. But, mate, there are a couple of young guys. There's young Alamotti. Uh, Brandy's been doing really well this year. He's improved out of sight. Struggled in the trials this year. But I think people have got to remember, he, he was a kid. That was his first ever time playing against adults. Yep. He's improved a lot this year. But, mate, the one that's popped out of nowhere, and I'm very keen to hear your thoughts on him, Jarrell Skelton. Yep. To me, he looks like the real fucking deal. He he's one I'm interested in. He Tell does. us about him. So he's, an, uh, he's a rugby union kid. Mm. Um, very mobile, very agile, big, strong, fast. I mean, he's got all the characteristics. Uh, the question becomes... Do they play him on an edge or do they play him in the centres? Yeah. I reckon he'll be, he'll, he'd make a great centre. Uh, but Soraldo might, might have different ideas. But I agree with you. I think that left edge, I'm hoping as a Bulldogs fan that that left edge is going to become one of the most dangerous ones in the league. Mm-hmm. I think with a bit of crea- bit more creativity out of out of, uh, out of of dummy half with uh, with Reed Marnie coming in, yep. I think that left edge could prove, prove pretty dangerous. You know, this year it's give the ball, give the ball to Birdo, give the ball to Birdo type scenario. 
I think next year there'll be a little bit more uh, subtlety around that. And yeah. that, that centre, that left edge back rower and that centre, I think could benefit significantly. As much as I think Jeremy Marsh King had an unbelievable season, I think the service of Reid Marnie is just about unrivaled yeah. in this competition. So early ball to Burton will be the play. So Skelton, Alamotti, guys to watch. Matty Burton as well, another season at the Canterbury Bulldogs, another preseason. Hopefully you guys let him spend a whole preseason with Kyle Flanagan. Uh, with the strike weapons he's going to have on that edge, he could be another one to consider. Yep. I want to throw Raymond Fitala Mariner at you. He's going to be sitting at about 400k heading into next season. As we said, a lot of their, their play is going to go down the left edge, so I can see a lot of... Kyle Flanagan dumping off to RFM on the right edge. I think you'll, you'll get a heap of base stats over on that side before their left swing. We know how good RFM can be. Timmy, is next year the year where he can put it together? Possibly, yeah. And we've seen him average 60-plus in the past, particularly when he gets a string of games together. The issue with Raymond is obviously can find an injury, can't he, the poor okay. boy? He's such an elite footballer, and we saw that. He reminds us of it every time he strings games together, but it just doesn't happen often enough, so... Um, again, he's the one that I prob- I wouldn't be willing to gamble on starting with. Uh, you mentioned, it's a good point, how they sort of lay off to him with Flano on the right. Doggies players, I'll be all in on the left edge. Yep. And you've just spoken, I think that'll be their go-to because Birdo's going to command so much ball and it won't be Flano as much. So I think Kickow's come in. I think coming from the best team in the competition, he will be overpriced. He's had a really good super good season. But all the blokes in and around Viliami Kikiao, I think are going to benefit with him as a decoy runner and just attracting defenders. So I'm really keen to see how that all pans out. And the bloke you touched on there, but Matty Burton, priced on a 56-point average. Very, I can very confidently say that he'll be starting unders next year and he, oh, he'll be hard to go past next season. And, you know, fair to say, mm-hmm. uh, well, I don't know if this is hopeful or if it's fact. Maybe you guys can tell me. Um, we should score more points next year across the season. He's the goal kicker. He's got that dangerous left edge. So it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, he'll, his kicking game will get better. You know, there'll be the odd 40-20. That he'll, he, loves, he loves to score a try with that, uh, you know, with the show and go. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Matty Burton's definitely a, a pick. But, I mean, everybody loves Raymond, mate. And uh, if, Ra- <laughs> if Raymond, unfortunately, one of those is my wife. Um, <laughs> but if Raymond can find a bit of consistency in the team, mm. bit of bit of play, I mean, he's, he, he created that uh, that uh, try on the weekend that, that won us the game. Mm. You know, the in and away oh, uh, yeah. with the offload um, and, uh, and that, that created one of the tries. So he, he's a gun. Yeah. He, he averaged 59 back in 2020 and that was – in 69 minutes, so mm. I'm assuming there's probably a few injury-affected games there. 58 back in 2018, that was in 74 minutes. So if he does keep himself fit and plays 80 minutes, there's no reason why he can't average 65 plus. Yeah, I think that th- I think one of those seasons was the Foz the Foz uh, yeah. effect. Yeah. So when Kieran Foran was on that left mm. edge, yeah, he was putting in short ball try, short ball try. So he, if he's got someone providing the service, then you know whether Flano can pull those points out of him or not is is, is yeah. something we need to. You mentioned Matty Burton, obviously his bombs. There'll be forty twenties, man. I've been so impressed with this short kicking game this year as well. I I didn't think he had it in him to be honest. With you. That was my biggest worry coming into this preseason. I think as well, and I I don't think you'll want him for the whole year, but I feel like there will be a period next year where Josh Adokar, he could score. 11 tries in six weeks or something ridiculous. He could go on one of those runs. We've seen what Viliami Kikau has done this year for his outside players. If they utilise him properly, Josh Adakar, if you nail the right time, 
if they if they have a really clear five or six weeks where it's a good run for Canterbury and they're going well, he could be an interesting he'll be, one. He'll be like a stock Wayne, he was like, yeah. he'll have that run, he'll get up to like 700k, five game average of 100, and then he'll come into tough games and you'll be like, I know I have to sell him, but yeah. I can't do it. You've he'll just get, got to get, get out 21. of the right time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, th- there's been games this year where he scored multiple tries and still hasn't scored unbelievably well, but so many tries he scored off with kicks. And they're 17, well, 17 alone. What about that little period there where he scored th- uh, three or four tries in a, in a couple of weeks? Mm, yeah. Intercepts. Yeah, that's right? true, yeah. So the, the one, I think he got one, maybe two against the Gold Coast. We were there that day and we were, we were at the end he was running towards in the first oh. half. He, he took a couple of intercepts. So, I mean, they're, they're obviously not big scoring. Yeah. Uh, but I just think with kick out, there'll be more line breaks yep. and yep. stuff there that'll make it more interesting. Uh, now... We just covered your Canterbury Bulldogs, mate. More importantly, Blue Wealth Property, major sponsor of beers and break-evens this year. What's been doing? Mate, we're just plugging away. Uh, there's, a, <laughs> there's a lot of noise out there in the marketplace, so uh, people are a bit um, people are a bit concerned, a bit scared. Uh, oh, you know, one of, one of our favourite sayings, if you listen to our one of our research analysts, Gavin, who says, when in doubt, zoom out. So if you have a look at the interest rates now, they're, 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 they're still very low, even if they go up again. Um, they're still very low. So I think the, the what I want to say to everybody that's watching is uh, if you're in a position to invest in property, do it. Mm. Uh, one of the things we're doing at the moment is we, we just took out a subscription that gives you access to uh, a newspaper headlines. Mm-hmm. And so Johnny, one of our research analysts, is going back over the years looking at, research, uh, uh, looking at headlines about property. And, mate, it's cut and paste, <laughs> honestly. Every five, like you go back yeah. and you got your fair income, it's the same version of the same story all the way back, you know. Um, inve- uh, you know, property to never rise again, mm. you know, uh, property the worst asset class. You look at it, it's 1984. Well, if you'd bought in 1984 and you still had it today, you would have gone all right. You're you cruising, know? yeah. So, um, yeah, median house in Sydney is 1.4 million now, just under. Um, when we had the Olympics here, it was 287. Yeah, wow. So people lose, people lose sight of that. And they lose sight of and most of the reasons why people don't do things in life, whether it's property investing or whatever, is fear. And fear comes from the media. You know, people listen to the wrong people, they feed them rubbish and bullshit and they eat it, you know. So eat it up for breakfast. They yeah. do. I, I, yeah, I, I went out actually to, to one of Tony's talks. He was he was the guest speaker with uh, good mates of yours, Paddy and George who, from Mortgage Choice, who the SC Playbook Faithful will be very familiar with. I was like, all these blokes on one stage, and I heard this. And it was very nafty in the market. I was sort of getting excited listening to you. I learned an absolute stack from it, and I sort of started thinking, oh, maybe I'm not too far away from this. I think if I can get a loan from the Bank of Guru over here, <laughs> if you can give me a good rate, I'll be a chance. But, mate, I, I got a stack out of it. And, yeah, and you actually gave a similar chat to, to the doctor. Yeah, I did. So um, one of my teammates at work, one of my staff, is Andrew Mortimer, the son of the great Turvey. Good uh, pedigree. Great pedigree and great bloke too. So I actually recruited him from the dogs. So he was my BDM at the mm-hmm. dogs. So I recruited him from the dogs. And one of the things that he, he and I had been speaking about for many years was the fact that these young boys, these young men, were in this sort of peak earning capacity of their life 30 years before the, the general population. You know, so most people, they're in their 40s or 50s when they're earning peak money. These blokes are earning it in their 20s. Yeah. And most of them don't get the right advice or the right guidance from anybody. So uh, after speaking with Aaron Warburton and John Curry, the CEO and um, chairman, we put together a little program, went out and did a couple of presentations to the boys, and, mate, they lapped it up. 
you know, the fox is a funny character, mate. Halfway through, <laughs> the, halfway through the presentation, he yells out, "Bruh, give me what's your number, bruh? Give me your number." <laughs> he's he's a champ. He's actually a champion bloke. Um, it was very cute. So, but just some of these other the younger blokes, you know, um, Braden Burns, very clever young man. Yeah. Um, you my know, boy, Jackson Jackson Tarpanay, you know, beautiful kid. My so, boy Joey Stimson. Joey Stimson's the champion, mate. I, I actually caught him and we had a bit of a chat. And uh, I said, "Oh, mate, what are you up to?" He said, oh, "I'm just studying." So very clever bloke. We both have a uh, we both have an interest in history, funnily enough. Uh, but top bloke. And when you get to know some of these guys, and you know, I think having spoken to forty of them, you realise that they're like a, a cross section of society. You know, you got your really really responsible blokes. You got your really really loose blokes. Mm. You got blokes who've got no idea. You got blokes who are already all over it. A whole bunch of them own property already, which I was really uh, glad to see. Mm. Some and and. The ones that do generally have someone guiding them. Yeah, Maxie King, for example, they're, they're, he's got um, great support from his dad. Smart little cookie, Maxie King. He is, yeah. Max, yeah, top bloke too. So, again, um, uh, for us, the opportunity to educate um, is a really important part of that process. And, you know, what you learn, mate, is what we want to try and teach as many people as possible. Don't listen to the noise. I always say everyone's got an uncle who knows everything and owns <laughs> fucking nothing. Oh, right, yeah. and they're the people people listen to. Oh no, don't do that, mate. I'll wait until the market crashes. Well, that bloke's been waiting forty years. Yeah, you know, so come up with the duck market's eggs. not going to crash. You know, it's coming back a little bit like it does at every peak of every cycle. But it'll keep. I, I, I've got a dad on me left who jibbers in my ear every week, <laughs> just crap that I don't need to listen to. Correct, so a perfect example. Correct, mate. Here's the uncle I'm talking about. Your <laughs> old man. Sometimes it's our partner. Sometimes it's our mates. But I suppose if I can give you some good advice, um, you know, if you're going to listen to super coach advice, listen to people who actually know it and play it, not people who think they know it and play it. Yeah, that's why I almost left you out this year. But anyway, uh, mate, if people want to get in contact with yourself, Blue Wealth Property, how do they go about it? Um, So, mate, Google's uh, Google's your friend, but we're on socials, um, Facebook for all the oldies like me, Insta for all the, um, you know, a little bit younger um, uh, brigade out there, but uh, Blue Wealth on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, email me, Tony at bluewealth.com.au. Have I seen some TikTok appearances too? Have I seen a couple of videos <laughs> floating around? <laughs> my TikTok is so the other one of my other great passions in life outside of property and rugby league and my family is wine. Yeah. So uh, my TikTok is Tony's Thirsty, as, as is my Insta, one of my Instagram accounts. So if you love your wine, Jump on Tony's Thursday. Mate, I showed the seller to my missus the other day. Oh, yeah. She was filthy. <laughs> she loved it. She was obsessed. So I didn't get my phone Guru, back for about 15 minutes. You are uh, welcome anytime, mate. Bring yeah, I'm not worried about me. I'm worried about her. She might yeah. tear the place apart. That's fine. <laughs> There's, no a bit of red There's enough wine there, mate. No. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Can't wait to sleep in the lounge later. Um, <laughs> mate, let's get stuck into the Manly Seagulls. Now, I had their best for 2022. Ruben Garrick, Ola Kawatu, probably the best guys, but also Kohler. Um, we got him at, at basement price. He was sensational for us, made money. If you moved him on at the right time, you, you had to be patient with Kohler. Mm. But he, he went on a little tear where he scored a, a couple of meat pies. Would have been interesting to see him stay at fullback for the rest of the season. But he was pretty good for us. I know you mentioned before that uh, Ola Kawatu did a bit of a number on you. Uh, but I think Ruben Garrick, he was the must-have from the Manly Seagulls this year, Timmy. No question. Yeah, and Garrick, like, how well he converted to obviously fullback and how well he scored there without Tommy Turbo. And, you know, he's as effective on the wing because if he's on the wing, it means Tommy Turbo's at fullback, just yeah. feeding him, just dishing him good ball. So 
Garrick is just becoming one of the absolute elites of Supercoach, isn't he? And again, he'll be top dollar to start next season, but it's so funny to say that he's actually probably better on the wing, you'd argue, than fullback because Tommy's dishing him. It's crazy. You would never... Like, I can't think of another player he's a, that yeah. would say that well, about. He's a good goal kicker too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, kicks his goals. He hits you know? them. He, yeah. He's also one that, because of his ceiling, especially with Tommy in that side, he can hurt you if you don't... Like, he can go... 152 weeks in a row and hurt you bad. So he's always a tough one not to own. Yeah. And he can go 150 by he's, having eight touches. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's crazy what he's capable and of his, doing. And his, try, his tries uh, are high-scoring um, yeah. um, plays. Super yeah. plays, yeah. He gets the line break, he gets the try, he gets a couple of tackle breaks. You know, like, and then he, and then he kicks the goal. The goal. So, yeah. you know, he, he, he does one of those a game, and which on, on average is that probably does it, you know, something like that. He, there's a 30, 30, 40 point play. I will say this about Garrick. It will be interesting next season. Obviously, Kieran Foran's leaving on that edge. I think it's criminally underrated what Foz does for that edge. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see if he scores. I, I know Tom's still going to be there and he's an absolute freak, it's but I think shout. they will miss Foz. Really I think they'll really yeah. miss Foz. Well, Schuster tends to play a bit shorter, doesn't he? he doesn't yeah, play if it is Schuster. He doesn't, play as he doesn't play as wide if yeah. Schuster ends up in that role. He doesn't play as wide as Foz does. So it'll be interesting to see. He likes that like that no look short pass. Yeah. The we'll only see. thing that might happen if it is Schuster there in your spot, he does play shorter more often, but he also plays really square, which will help. So yeah. big preseason watch just to see how the edge unfolds. Yeah. yeah. But it will be interesting as well if the, if more ball goes to the right with DCE. Yeah, you know, Foz isn't there. Have to, wouldn't it? You'd have to think so. Well the so. other factor also is Hasler. You know, as a Bulldog supporter, obviously I watched him coach at the dogs. Mm. He, his play is built around his fullback. So if you have a look at the way the way Des Hasler based teams, yeah, they play around their fullback. So which is why their wingers and their you know their centers are, are good super coach players because he, he tends to bring in the the, the fullback with the cutout ball or the you know or oh, the, yeah. the show and go or whatever. So if Hasler's still the coach next year, I think Garrickson must have. Now, we mentioned uh, Tommy Turbo there. He falls into the most disappointing category, obviously, injury-wise. But And you know what? For people that brought him at the start of the season, I've got very little fucking sympathy yeah. for you because that was ridiculous. Crazy. A lot of them. Crazy. Uh, mate, there was a heap yeah. of them. Thank God what there was. was. You guys know the percentage? Higher than what it should have been, have without see, a see doubt. What was even crazier, Actually. the amount of people that went for a second bite of the fucking cherry and got dusted again. I couldn't believe... How many people went him the first time, let alone the second time? So yeah. t we'll, t we'll take a poke into uh, what do we call it? Stat HQ, the SC Playbook <laughs> Data Centre. Tommy Trebojevic. I'll see what we can dig up here. You, you carry on, Guru. I'll, I'll keep going. I'll, I'll see what I can find. Uh, yeah, but Tommy Turbo, a little bit disappointing this season. I would, st I imagine he will be. Oh, fuck, I hope he's a little bit cheaper next year than what he was this year. I think he'll be a pretty much automatic guy that you pick next season for me. It's hard with the fullbacks, isn't it? Yeah, mate. Who who do you put at fullback? You've got you, you've got Teddy. You've got Latrell. Pappy will be back. I think it'll you've be got, Pappy Turbo, mate. I think you've those got two. Turbo, yeah. and then and then you got these young, you know these these. I mean, I love the um, the um, uh, Jaden Campbell. You know, yeah. He, he's another he's another good. I mean, and then early in the season, if you're trying to make a bit of money. You know, do you go for one of those ones with the, you know, who's, who represents a bit better value? You know, how do you play the fullback position? It's so tough. Yeah, well, I, I think there's going to be value in both Turbo and in um, Pappenhausen. I think those two will be the locks to take yeah. in fullback. But uh, 
And once again, I don't know if I'd have the balls to go in a different direction. I'm not sure if there's anyone that's going to be cheap enough to me to make enough money to counter having to watch Pappy and Turbo to start the season. For me, Pappy, well, he he won me my comp last year, I reckon. So for me, Pappy's my number one pick. I I picked Pappy and then I built a team around him. Yeah, I'll back that. Around two last year of this season, I should say, Tommy Turbo was in 17% of the top 1,000. And obviously wow. because he started quite poorly and was a big investment, it goes up to 25% of the top 20,000 coaches. Yeah, right. That's and a then stack. that obviously just Man. dropped off, dropped off, dropped off, or, off around him. So uh, for the price that, that, that he cost, it, it then went down to – so then for round three, before that initial price drop, top 1,000, so obviously people mass sold, 3% of the top 1,000. Gone. Down to 10% of the top 20,000. So people have just like panicked, gotten rid of him and... Uh, and lost half a million bucks in the process. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah and trades and all. Wild. Um, now, our other most disappointing, we've already sort of touched on him, Josh Schuster. There's probably no need for us to go too deep on Schuster. We've spoken about him all year and whatnot, but he does link to our guys to watch. If he is named at 5'8", or in the back row, if he's named in the starting 13 next year, he becomes very, very interesting. He's going to be dirt cheap. You might get him for fucking free based on how he's gone <laughs> this year. Um, if he is in the 13, yeah, I think you have to take him somewhere. What are your thoughts? I'm going early on this because I, I haven't looked at it all as a whole just yet, but if he starts on the edge or at 5'8", which is every chance, I think probably the two most owned players in Supercoach will be Manly Seagulls and it'll be Josh Schuster and Tom Trevojevic. Because Turbo's going to be based on a 61 average. <sighs> Incredible. He'll be tick over, what, 600k, maybe even really? less. And then Schuster on a 24 average, he'll be like, what, 210k or something. Maybe, yeah, maybe he'll, be, a he'll be in everyone's team. Yeah. Mate, without trying to have a little cheap stab, I thought he'd be lower than a 24 average. Yeah. End of the year. I really did. His, his minutes have just been absolutely shot. He's been, so. he's been nowhere. Yeah, so Josh Schuster, I think he will be a very, very interesting one come next year. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he's not in the 13 or the 17 come round one next year. Yeah, there's a lot of noise around him, isn't there? Or 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 in Brookvale. Yeah. Yeah. Heaps of noise there. Uh, KO Weeks is another one. If he gets an opportunity to play in the 5'8 jersey or in this team somewhere, I really like the look of him. If not Schuster, is it Weeks? Is it that simple? Yeah, it could be KO Weeks. Um, Man, I think... I could be wrong, but I think Cade Custer's got in his contract. Yeah. He can return as well. You've also got um, the youngest, Finu. I still think he'll be too young, but he's another one. What about Burbo? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, look, I think he's probably maybe a bit of a victim of his own versatility at times in this manly outfit. When they see, see injuries, you know, like he might be a starting centre for two weeks, you know, 80-minute player, he's cheap, he looks good. But then a player comes back, he just goes back to being that 20-minute bench role. I think he's a solid footballer. I don't think he's a star that's going to come in at any time and and put you know, a gun second rower or centre out of a position. Uh, and he's, he's young, so look, he, he might be, but 
I, I would just need to see him lock down an 80-minute roll or a big-minute back row roll before I would jump on. But look, maybe, mate, again, 25-point average, so he'll be dirt cheap. If he starts round one, he'll have to be a consideration. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of it's going to depend on who starts and who doesn't. Yeah. You know, I think with Burbo, for me, he's an auto-emergency nightmare, mm. you know, playing head-to-head. Um, but I think – you remember that? Remember all that talk at one point before Burbo was on the scene? Oh, there's a better Travojevic yeah. coming through. There's mate, a better Travojevic. Well, mate, if a bloke's better than Turbo, he's, you know, yeah. he's got to be the better. Oh, so he's the best player in the world, is he? Yeah, he's the best. Oh, no, he's the best player in history if he's yeah. better than yeah. Turbo. But, mate, like, that, that, that was the genuine chat. Him coming through it the juniors. It really was. It was that Ben was the best of them. So, well, um, let's see. I mean, you know, yeah. it's, still, it's still early days. How old is he? He's young. He'd be, he, he's the same age as Schuster. They, they came through in the same grade. So, whatever Schuster is. Yeah. Um, let's move to the Dragons. And uh, the Dragons, uh, they might be the most vanilla side oh. in Supercoach. It's, uh, it's a sandwich. Hold the butter. We'll just have two slices <laughs> of bread, thanks. Uh, 2022, so their best on average. Lomax, I'd say Ben Hunt. If you picked your moments with Ben Hunt, yeah. he was great. He had a couple of – I don't think he scored too many hundreds. I'm not even sure if he crossed the 100 mark, but he had yeah, a lot of did. 80s and 90s. He had one big game. One big one. But he also had a couple of 15s. Well, he, he had a few single Worse. digits, yeah. yeah. He, he had a nine in round five yeah. in 80 minutes, a four in round nine against the Storm, and then two weeks ago against the Tigers, he scored 11. Yeah. I mean, that oh, that's unfathomable to me. Yeah. Oh, How does a bloke yeah. who is – who was leading the Dally M's and potentially is the Dally M winner this year, mm. how does that bloke score nine against the Tigers? Yeah, like, I just don't understand it. It's crazy. You know? Um, Pe- people would have brought him in last week and you would not have up. knocked it one bit. Yeah. Well, mate, we spoke about it. That's yeah. how we opened the fucking yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. I had to convince myself out of it during yeah. the week. I mean, like, wasn't the Blue Wolf Player of the Week, mate. <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> that week, you might have been. I love this. I love this. Didn't even have to tip him off. It's the only Blue Wolf Player of the Week who got bloody wrong and you're into me. <laughs> oh, When's this show God. end? Yeah. Oh, that was... Still, I don't even know why I didn't go AJ Brimson. I'm still rattled by that, but anyway, moving yeah, on. Yeah, my son Ben brought in AJ Brimson towards the end there after he got knocked out of head to head. Yeah, yeah. Mate, guy scored a million each week for three yeah. weeks. It was crazy. Yeah. 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 You can send the invoice to Supercoach Playbook at Hotmail. Yeah, I'll let him know. <laughs> he also picked up Ben Hunt, so. Well, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Can't win them all. Um, I think Jack Bird, he was pretty good. We'll talk about him soon. Uh, Moses Suley, I think he was great for the Dragons this year. Another one that if you had him as a pod and you just picked and choose your weeks correctly, he could have been very interesting. I think he'll be good next year as well. Most disappointing, Amon. Uh, he's sort of come into his own at the back end of the season. I've been very impressed with him. I think he'll have a big World Cup, and I think he'll be better for it next year. A lot of people started with him this season. I think you said you were one of them. Pretty I disappointing did. to yeah, kick it off. I had him. I bought him. He was cheap. Yep. And um, as my mate Dave says, they're cheap for a reason, a lot of them. Mm. So uh, with Amon, uh, he had a really good finish to the year. Yep which is a bit disappointing for us, uh, for anyone who's looking at him next year. Uh, probably not looking at him anyway. Uh, Moses Sawley was really looking good. He got injured at the wrong time. I reckon he would have been a real pod for a lot of super Just starting to peak, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. He was looking really good and really dangerous. And then he got injured. Yeah. Know? So, But for me, uh, Amon... Interesting to see how he how he uh, how he shows up next year. Yeah, yeah, he's obviously got the World Cup at the end of the year. He'll be the main guy for Tonga, so hopefully he can carry this form into there. That'd be super exciting. Um, twenty twenty three watch. Uh, I don't know. Nothing's really standing out no. to me. If Jack Bird's named at thirteen, I'll have a look at him. But he could be at centre by round two, so I'm not yeah, filled with confidence. Uh, 
I don't know if there's anyone in that team that is a uh, that is a watch for twenty. I had to write. I wrote each week the big squad sort of breakdown of the team this Tuesday for SC Playbook each week, and every single week you got to the Dragons, I think I just wrote the same thing. It was like, mm, Zach Lomax, solid, but higher upside players in better teams. Yep. And then it was like, you might be able to find a line on Ben Hunt against soft opposition or a, maybe something around the origin period. It was just like, I have nothing to say about them and didn't the entire year. And I can't see why it's going to change, as you said, next year. They're just, geez, yeah. they're playing super. I, I, I rate Hook. I rate Hook as a coach. Yeah. Maybe I've overrated him, but I, I, I don't know. I feel like he's scheming towards something. But I, I put money on him at the beginning of the year to make the eight, and they just fell away. And then they won their last three games. I mean, no. Just weird. But then, like, you get to the end of the year and you go, fuck, they were disappointing. They weren't that far off the eight still. Yeah. No, they weren't. They just, they always seem to just be relevant They somehow. just don't have the cattle. Do they have the cattle? I don't I think know. so, but, like... Uh, but then neither did the Cowboys on paper at the beginning of the year, did they? Yeah, that's, that's fair. You know? Yeah. They're just a... Oh, mate, I, I think vanilla is the best way to describe yeah. the Dragons. Good, good they're just... Yeah. Um, okay. Let's hope for my brothers-in-law that... Um, that, that changes next year, mate. Because Fingers I've crossed. Got two tragic, tragic, tragic <laughs> dragons supporting. I think most of them are tragic, just quietly. They to are. their credit, fuck, well, they're loyal, mate. Yeah. My my brother-in-law Gary, he the, the dragons are going to win the comp every year. Of course they are. Yeah, yeah. He's, and he knows more about rugby league than anyone. Might <laughs> hand the Instagram page over to him. Charlie's um, a bit more realistic. <laughs> <laughs> let's move. Let's move off the dragons. That tire fire. We're done with that. Let's move to the Brisbane Broncos. 2022, their best players have here Payne Hearts. He was pretty consistent throughout the year in saying that. We never owned him, and we didn't notice it at any point throughout the season. So, a bit iffy. But Selwyn Cobbo, uh, the job that he did on the right wing for them, scored a heap of tries. Him and Adam Reynolds had a combination that I couldn't believe. Um, it was a real revelation, not only not only for Supercoach, but for... For uh, for rugby league in general, yeah. Uh, my son Ben had him, and he he won him a few, quite a few matches. He was unbelievable. There was that period there where he just went crazy. It was a three round average of a hundred yeah. and something. And there was a period there where I think most of us started with Selwyn, and we got to about round five, and he was going like a busted. That's right. So many sold. Yeah, that well, was me. Well, I I wanted to sell, and I just couldn't make it work. So I thought oh, I'll sell him next week. It's okay. And then he just went bang, 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 first, bang. First six rounds of the year, he didn't score over forty nine. Rounds two, three, four, he went, this is also against the Bulldogs, Cowboys, Cowboys at Suncorp and then Warriors. He went 20, 22, 22. Round Gosh. seven, so he, well, he's sitting at around 280K at this stage and then he went on to go 82, 26, 85, 79, 131, 65. Now you said plenty sold off just before that. Oregon Benjamin bought him. Oregon, yeah. my son bought him around round seven. Like he oh, just yeah. timed it to perfection and he just went crazy. Yeah, because the, the other bloke too that we probably on the bloke on the other wing who probably didn't get as much respect. Yeah, that's fair. Is yeah, Oates. Oates. Yeah, he had a good it season. Flew under the radar. He all really year, did, mate. And, and I reckon he was one of their better players and a big part mm. of why they ended up where they were for a little while there. Um, so I think both their wingers were. Well, I, I remember the first teamless Tuesday when I saw Oates' name there. I giggled to myself. I thought, are they fucking for yeah. real again? What yeah. a player! Yeah, Fuck. mate. He's finished the season as arguably. Top three or four wingers in the yeah. comp. Yeah, you know, yep. no doubt about form it. Form-wise, it was awesome. Uh, now, we've got both wingers there. We spoke about Ezra Mann. Uh, a little godsend, smack in the middle of the season. Just when you needed a little yeah. bit of help with cash, Ezra arrived, uh, went big to start, made us made us the perfect amount of cash. If you cashed out, you're able to move him to another gun somewhere. Uh, I know that 
I sold Cameron Munster for a couple of weeks during the origin period, let Ezra make his cast and moved him straight back to Munster. And it was perfect for me. Uh, he's obviously fallen off a little bit at the back end of the season, but uh, you'd have to think that he'll be there and thereabouts again next year. But this year, he came at a perfect time for us, didn't he? He did, yeah. And I was pretty similar to you, mate. Got, got on him at the right time, sold him at just about the right time. Punched out 69 points in round 17, that second major bye week. I, I think it was probably the only week that I actually played him, to be honest, and that was fine. He scored, but I needed him to score well, made his cash, and uh, yeah, just yeah, one of the, the success stories of the Supercoach season. Yeah, and um, he was, uh, there was a lot of talk about Ezra Mam and how good he was going to be and how good he was. He, he he's, uh, reminds me a lot, as he does a lot of other people, of a young Anthony Milford, um, and I think he's going to have a massive season next year, Ezra. I think... It's really disappointing for that young brigade of players that they missed out on the finals. Even if yeah. they got themselves one final, just a bit, of, just a, a, a one final experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was a that was a cliff, wasn't it? That they fell off, unbelievable. Yeah, and you know, Dave, who won our Super Coach comp, uh, he's a Bronco supporter. He's of Vietnamese origin. I'll tell you a funny story. His son Aiden, he's got two kids. His son Aiden, who finished in the top one thousand, he didn't win our comp. Good knock. Nine eighty eight. So just shout out to Aiden. Well done. Um, his middle name is Lockyer. Right? <laughs> Aiden Lockyer Quinn, right? So they are Broncos tragics, and um, you know they were they were they were mesmerised by the overachievement of the Broncos, as we all were mm. yeah, when they were, when they pumped Para at Combank, and we we're all like, "This is unbelievable," yeah? and they're you know, they're contenders, and they just fell off a cliff. It was just unbelievable. Your parents did a similar thing. Isn't your middle name Tongue? Tungy. After the great Alan <laughs> yeah, Tung, Tim right. Tung Williams? No, I'm, I'm actually Tim Shillington Williams. <laughs> Shillington. <laughs> Big Dave. Big Dave Shillington. He's a, uh, there's a bloke. You know what I remember about Dave Shillington? His voice. Oh. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Bloke looks like a beast and then he talks. He's like, he's really gentle. David Beckham effect. <laughs> yeah. Very Bex, yeah. That's amazing. Um, right. Let's have a look at their most disappointing player of the season. I owned him at the very start. Um, I know that you are Ooh. number one ticket owner in the Katoni Stags fan club and he has maybe the worst influence on your life would you argue <laughs> it's aside from you mate he's he, the um, most toxic relationship I think you've yeah, ever and had like, by you know, far and he away. didn't hurt me that bad because I very rarely played him like <clears throat> I I'm trying to remember I see yeah, no I did I started with him he was cheap and he opened up with 23 32 36 38 and I was like Dear Lord, just keep faith in this boy. Like it's coming, it's coming. And it did. Then he went back to back tons against the yeah. Roosters and Panthers. Yep. And then the rest what of the, the season. What the fuck is that? Oh, I know. Yeah, oh, mate, honestly. All the matchup people yeah. are just oh. dying. They're like, and, yeah. let's sell him before the Panthers game. <laughs> yeah. And then, so then he followed that up with 37 against the Dogs. It was like, and before that was 38 against the Warriors. You're just going, and it was the whole season in and out. So I think overall scoring wise, I probably didn't go that bad, but then. I was going to sell him sort of – I held him for, for round 17 and he tunned up against the Dragons in that major second major bye week. So I was like, sweet, he's repaid some faith, that's handy enough. I was keen to sort of sell him not long after that, after a few soft matchups, and just because we lost – well, I lost Ponga, we lost Pappenhaus and Cleary and a few others stopped smoking. You lost two? <laughs> All these came in, I was sort of like, you know what, I'll just hold him and I'll play him for the matchups against the Knights and the Tigers and a few other soft ones. 38 points against the Knights. 
52 against the Tigers. The Dragons in the final week scored about 23. I mean, based on that, honestly, you you can't own Cthulhu Stags. I'll be back. (laughs) Not not until Brisbane's game plan changes dramatically to get him involved. Until that happens, not happening. Like, it just... He's got no base stats. That's the other thing. He'll challenge. be back. Yeah? yeah. I, I we'll, will we'll both get we, sucked back in. I know. Yeah. Wim Tilliams will be on him, mate. Did he ever transfer you that uh, 50K? Oh. <laughs> Have you heard this one? That's, no. That's Tell me that story. Tell him the yarn. The year I finished second, Catonia was like, was like one of my major pods that I had. I went in finally coming second, I think. And I was... Set up better than anyone else around the sort of, sort of top 10. Gatoni had a really soft match up on the Thursday night. I can't remember who it was against. And I was like, he's my boy. If he comes out, he was in ru- ruthless form. I was like, he's every chance of turning up here and I could be on my way to 50K. ACL 10 minutes into the game. Oh, and mate, he would have scored 100. I he was on like, fucking fire. I'll be able to get it up. But There's he, a bit of fate. Yeah. It mate, was, he was on like 30 or 40 after seven minutes or something. He was... He, he was going absolutely nuts and I was just like... <clears throat> yeah. I was going, how good is this? I'm, I'm on here and he... He, yeah, he didn't help me. And funnily Did enough, you do that one of those um, screen at the TV? Yeah, the old no. <laughs> it, I was. I was you would have done worse than that. Na- yeah, na- naturally gutted. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, the, yeah, he was played last round of the year as well. He, he lasted eleven minutes against the Cowboys, who were going terribly. And the following night was the Bunnies Roosters game. Oh, with and, Cody. Is that the one yeah, Cody exploded? And, and I had Cody and Cam Murray as pods. Cody broke the Supercoach record with two hundred. Cam Murray was about one forty. Anyway. Let's move on. Well, that was a couple of years ago. Um, and uh, He hates money anyway, so. Yeah, yeah overrated. Yeah. It was uh, Aiden, Aiden, who I was talking about earlier, the Bronco supporter, he had Cody, and I mm. think he might have even had him captained and just <laughs> obviously blew the, blew the grand final up. And yeah. It was all oh, they put 60 on the Roosters. <laughs> yeah. Insane. Yeah. Crazy. Um, guys to watch for next year, Reese Walsh, he arrives at the club at fullback. Uh, I imagine he will be a little bit cheaper than what he – Probably usually would be. Won't goal kick like he did this year with Adam Reynolds at the club, though. So, want to consider Reese Walsh. Paddy Carrigan, you brought him up. Massive fan of Paddy <coughs> Carrigan, mate. He's got amazing base stats. The bloke's mm. going to make 40 or 50 tackles a game, you know. Uh, he's got a good offload in him. He's got the odd try in him. Mm. Um, I, you know, he, 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 hit, he hits the ball up every set. Like, the guy's an animal, and he plays big minutes. So, for me, I think Paddy Carrigan, and, and, I, and I reckon he'll be better next year than he was this year. So, for me, uh, I'll be starting with Paddy Carrigan next year. We spoke about it. If something does happen that Payne Haas leaves the club, Paddy Carrigan, I think he becomes a must-have. He's just – we know his motor's relentless and he runs every time that he can, but so does Payne Haas. So, if Payne yeah. Haas stops, stops taking two runs a set, yeah. Carrigan could just go bonkers. And I reckon he's Talmalolo, peak Talmalolo. Carrigan, I'm going to put it out there. Oh. His peak SC Talmalolo. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but he has just got so much more to his game as well. That's like, he's true. more well-rounded. Um, He'd be far better base than even peak Taumalolo, but Taumalolo's just tackle-busting and his peak was nuts. He'd, yeah, he He'd have, like, 15 tackle-busts a game, mm. just rack him up. Crazy. Reese Walsh is one that I think he's a freak, and we saw what he did in a really disappointing Warriors outfit. If he goes to a Broncos side, hopefully – well, hopefully not because it's – I'm a New South Welshman, but go better next year and show what they did at times this year. I think he could be a really, really big improvement in Supercoach and start undervalued. The issues are obviously goal kicking, as you mentioned, and just he's only going to be available at fullback, you'd imagine, unless there's some tricky so thing. That's another pull- problem. Yeah. If, if there's something 
pulled in pre-season where he plays trial games at 5-8 or something and uh, Supercoach HQ get excited and put him dual position maybe. But at fullback, there's just going to be better options, isn't there? Yeah. I, I mean, we had this conversation before. That's The fullback is a ma- – you know what we need? They need to change CTWs to fullbacks and we can have four fullbacks and two CTWs. <laughs> Not bad. But for me, I mean, you know. Papi, Luttrell, Teddy, yeah. Turbo, you know, there's just too many options. Yeah, he, he came out and said the other day that he's been signed as a fullback and that's that's the plan yeah. for him. So, he's a fullback. But yeah, if something does happen that he ends up playing six, fuck, it'd be handy to get him yeah. with a duel there for a couple of good matchups. Will he play six? You've got Mam there. Cobbo's already resigned to the fact mm. he's playing wing. Yep. So yeah, full, I can't see him not playing fullback. Yeah, yeah, I think he'll be at one. Um, the other one is just a young guy, and I don't know if he'll make the team. Uh, next season's obviously a pretty stacked back line, but Kwai Ward, we obviously saw Branko Lee. He was probably the next man up for a couple of weeks there, and your Delaware Hoytas. I reckon this guy's one to keep an eye on. So if he comes in during the season, could be a nice little nuff cheapy uh, for the back end there. But uh, that will do us, guys. Uh, thank you for Tony the team at Blue Wealth Property. Uh, go out, grab yourself a case of bloke and a barb it's this pretty week. Good. It's pretty good drop, the, eh? Uh, midi, yeah, I haven't had Midi before. goes well. Pretty awesome. Middies to get on. Nah, just remind us all one more time, mate, if people want to reach out to Blue Wealth Property, how do they find you? Um, bluewealth.com.au. We're actually about to launch a new website in the next uh, next few days, so go jump on and check it out. Uh, follow us on uh, on Insta, uh, like us on Facebook, jump on LinkedIn, whichever you're, uh, whatever you prefer. How good. Yeah. You got anything to say? Absolutely nothing. You don't? Go, go, go the milk. Can't wait go. to see the back end of it. Go the milk. Go, I'm going to say go the milk. Yeah, bloody oath. Love milk. Hopefully they're, they're, well. <laughs> hopefully they're out of the comp by the time people are watching this just quietly. Yeah. Oh, Give us a score prediction. They'll know in hindsight, Melbourne, Canberra this week. Raiders to grit their way to a 20 to 18 victory. I actually don't hate it. I reckon. I, 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 I reckon. I reckon. Here's my prediction. I reckon Canberra are morals. I reckon Melbourne are gone. Morals. Morals. Be cool. They're, I reckon they're the. I reckon they are the biggest. My biggest favourite of the weekend. Ooh. Melbourne in Melbourne. I mean, look at their uh, Canberra and Melbourne. Have a look at their record. I think they've won last three of the last four. Melbourne are playing like busteds. They got no Pappy. Mm. I know they didn't have Hughes, but they just seem to be lost. And one thing we know over the last fifteen years about Melbourne, they don't beat themselves, mm. right? They don't make mistakes. Mm. You know, you have a look at that. That game last week, how many mistakes did they make? Forward passes from Jesse Bromwich. Yeah. You know, drop blatant open drop balls. Like just balls going to ground. I mean, that's just not Melbourne. Mm. I've, ne- I've never changed my tune on a bloke in a shorter amount of time in my entire life than you, Tony. I think he's just put the jinx on your team. And I, I might have. I, I my, brother, my, my brother, who's a Canberra supporter, might kill me for this. Yeah. So, <laughs> and so are my nephews. <laughs> Yeah, love it. He's, he's got a part-time job just making your life harder. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again, guys. We'll see you next week where we'll be going through the bottom four of the top eight teams, reviewing uh, all of their best players and most disappointing and having a look at 2023, the guys to watch. That'll be available next Monday afternoon, so stay tuned for that on YouTube and on the podcast. Cheers, guys.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.